Hey friends, welcome back to The Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host for this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me again for this week's message. Today we're talking about battles and contests and games that we probably should lose, but sometimes that we end up winning. Sometimes God intervenes in our lives and in our circumstances to give us victories we have no business winning. We can't claim victory for ourselves because they didn't happen because of our own strength or our own intelligence. They only happen because God chose to intervene. Today, we look at another story of the life of Gideon in the book of Judges and how the Israelites won a battle they had no business winning and what the story says to us today. I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message on Do You Think You Will Win? One of the most memorable moments in Olympic history was the Miracle on Ice hockey game. It was played on February 22, 1980 in Lake Placid, New York. It was a game nobody thought the United States would win. The Soviet hockey team had won the gold medal in five of the last six Winter Olympics, and they were heavy favorites in this game, too. The team consisted primarily of professional players with significant experience in international play. By contrast, the U.S. team, led by the head coach Herb Brooks, was composed mostly of amateur players. Only four had minimal minor league experience. The U.S. had the youngest team in the tournament and the youngest team in U.S. hockey history. In the movie that was made about this remarkable moment, Kurt Russell played head coach Herb Brooks. He had to figure out how to inspire his team to play a game nobody thought they could win and that his own players probably expected to lose. In his speech before the game, he said, great moments are born from great opportunity. Sometimes what seems impossible actually happens. Sometimes we're defeated before the game even begins because we don't go in believing we can win. Sometimes we don't even try because we think we won't succeed. When we come to chapter 7 in the book of Judges, we come to one of these do-you-think-you-will-win moments. We come to a battle that probably most people thought Israel would lose. God had asked Gideon to lead their soldiers into a battle against all conventional wisdom. He asked them to proceed in a way that seemed ridiculous, crazy, impossible. But God's ways are not our ways, and sometimes great outcomes surprise us, because we don't always understand how God works. The story in Judges 7 is about three things. The army with too many men, the God who reassures us, and the victory we don't win. 
First of all, it's about the army with too many men. Judges 7, 1 through 8 says this. Early in the morning, Gideon and all his men camped at the spring of Herod. Camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morab. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands or Israel would boast against me, saying my own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left, while 10,000 remained. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them down to the water and I will thin them out for you there. If I say this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. 300 of them drank from cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let all the others go home. So Gideon sent the rest of the Israelites home, but kept the 300 who took over the provisions and trumpets of the others. Whoever tells an army that's getting ready to go into battle that you have too many men, who does that? I imagine most generals would say we could always use more men. But here, God tells the Israelites they have too many men. They need to send some home. Why would God do this? The Bible tells us here it's because if they win the battle with 32,000 men, they will boast in themselves. They won't give the credit for the victory to God. Human nature is such that if there is the tiniest opportunity that we will boast in our own work, we will. God even says that Israel will boast against me. As soon as we begin to believe that we deserve the credit, we take the glory away from God that he deserves. The lesson we always need to learn is that salvation is by God's gracious action, not by our actions. God does not reduce the size of Gideon's army so he can work through them to win the victory. God can win a victory through one man or through thousands. God reduces the number of soldiers because he knows that having too many men will cloud Israel's ability to see where the praise for the victory should go. First, God tells Gideon to send home 22,000 of the 32,000 soldiers. These were the people who really did not have the heart for the battle. Gideon released everyone who was afraid to fight. Fear is contagious. When a significant number of your people are afraid, it can spread to the whole group, 
and it can lead to a major loss. The second group that Gideon sends home reduces the size of his army from 32,000 soldiers to just 300. This is a reduction of over 99%. The reason for both of these reductions was so that Israel would not boast against God that their own strength had saved them. He wanted them to see that their victory was because of God, not because of them. He put them in a situation where the only possible explanation would be that God won the battle for them. Sometimes God's ways defy our human logic. But God always knows better than we do. Have you ever been in a situation where the only possible explanation for a problem to be solved is that God did it? Are you in a situation right now that feels like you cannot win? God may be getting you ready for a victory where the only possible explanation is that God made it happen. The second part of this story is about the God who reassures us. Judges 7 verses 9 through 14 says this. During the night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up, go down against the camp, because I'm going to give it into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what they are saying. Afterward, you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outposts of the camp. The Midianites, the Amalekites, and all the other eastern peoples had settled in the valley thick as locusts. Their camels could, do, could no more be counted than sand on the seashore. Gideon arrived just as a man was telling his friend his dream. I had a dream, he was saying. A round loaf of barley bread came tumbling into the Midianite camp. It struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the, the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. God is sending Gideon and his small army against a formidable opponent. They have lots more soldiers than the Israelites do. The Bible here describes them as being thick as locusts. In other words, they are all over the place. There are so many you can't get away from them. They had so many camels, it was like more grains of sand on the beach. It was a, an opponent that would scare even the most seasoned veteran. It was a terrifying sight. What God is doing is reassuring us that he always goes ahead of us in the battle. God is always at work in difficult situations long before we even show up. When we are weak, then he is strong. We have days when we need to be reminded that our enemies are really not as strong as they look. 
Satan is not as powerful as he might seem. Compared to God, he doesn't stand a chance. But sometimes we have days when we doubt, and we need God to reassure us. God is the one who takes the initiative here. God knows that Gideon needs this visit to see the enemy up close and personal, so that he will trust God in attack. God is going out of his way to reassure Gideon. Sometimes God asks us to take some risks on the way to assurance. Going into this enemy camp is a risky move for Gideon. But this is where God gives him confidence. It is where God inspires him to worship and where God stirs him to action. God gives us what we need as we do what he has asked us to and not before. Like Gideon, we need repeated reassurance that God has gone ahead of us. God reassured Gideon with his words, and he reassures us today with his word. God reassures Gideon as he hears other people talk, and he reassures us through others too. It's important to have other people in your life who can do this for you. And then God also reassures us through our circumstances. Gideon happens to be in the right place, in the right time, to hear an important conversation. It's not a coincidence. God brought him to this place to reassure him, and God will often put us in the right place at the right time to reassure us, too. The third and final part of this story is about the victory we don't win. Judges 7, 15 to 22. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshiped. He returned to the camp of Israel and called out, get up. The Lord has given the Midianite camp into your hands. Dividing the 300 men into three companies, he placed trumpets and empty jars in the hands of all of them with torches inside. Watch me, he told them. Follow my lead. When I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly as I do. When I and all who are with me blow our trumpets, then from all around the camp blow yours and shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men with him reached the edge of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just after they had changed the guard. They blew their trumpets and broke the jars that were in their hands. The three companies blew their trumpets and smashed the jars. Grasping the torches in their left hands and holding in their right hands the trumpets they were to blow, they shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon! While each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran crying out as they fled. When the 300 trumpets sounded, the Lord caused the men throughout the camp to turn on each other with their swords. The army fled. Gideon's newfound confidence now leads him into battle. 
He comes up with a plan, divides his small army into three groups, and equips them with trumpets and jars and torches. They blow their trumpets, break their jars, reveal their light, and shout at the top of their lungs. It works. It negates the disparity between his small army and their huge army. The Israelites sound far bigger than they really are. It negates the difference in their strength. It makes the camels a non-factor, and it takes advantage of the time when the enemy is the weakest. Gideon never would have come up with this plan if he still had 32,000 soldiers under his command. Gideon never would have known how nervous the enemy was if God had not told him to visit the camp. God gives us gifts and talents to use, but God also gives us circumstances which allow us to use them. And when we succeed, we need to praise God for giving us both the means and the opportunity to be successful. The outcome of the battle is a foregone conclusion. God has already announced the result before the battle had begun. Gideon's plan worked perfectly. The Midianites ran away from them in fear, not realizing their army was so small. In the end, the 300 Jewish soldiers didn't kill anyone. None of them could brag about what they had done. They could only marvel at what God had done. It shows us that our enemies are often not as strong as they appear. When they get rattled, they sometimes run away in fear, and we are left with a victory that is not of our own making. The miracle on ice hockey game was a game we had no business winning. If you looked at both teams on paper, everybody would have bet on the Soviets to win. They had a dominating team. They were experienced winners. They had a long track record of success. The Americans stepped onto the ice without believing they could win. They would have been killed. They had to walk out of their locker room believing they could win. Some games are won and lost before they even start. And sometimes we win games we have no business winning. When we do win, who gets the credit? Do we take the credit or do we give it to God? Do we boast about how smart or how strong or how strategic we are? Or do we marvel about how God provided a victory that could not have been won without his help? The story of Gideon stands out because it begins with an army with too many men. He ended up sending home over 99% of his soldiers, a very unconventional move. <clears throat> the story reminds us of how often we need God to reassure us of his presence and his promises. And it ends with a victory the Israelites didn't win. A small, weak army defeated a much larger, more powerful force. 
the story tells us you will win some victories in life you have no business winning. You will win some battles in life that are not because of your great knowledge, talent, or strength. You will overcome some challenges that will seem unlikely, if not outright impossible. Don't assume defeat. Don't give up before you have even started to try. It's when we step out in faith that God comes through for us in ways we cannot predict. The story of Gideon shows you can win a battle without even firing a shot. So what battle are you worried about today? As Herb Brooks told the U.S. hockey team, great moments are born of great opportunity. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.